So this week, Claire has decided to take a week off. Uh, she's a very busy woman, does a lot uh, of things, all sorts of different jobs. However, um, on the eve of recording this podcast, I did see a video of her having a fight with her flatmate, which involved two big cardboard tubes. So obviously not too busy to take a little bit of time out to do that. But anyway, this is exactly why we have Stephen, our emergency backup goaltenders. And as we have seen this season, as with all the seasons in the NHL, backup goaltending is what can get you into the playoffs sometimes. So welcome along, Stephen. Thank you very much for stepping in. Hey, it's always a pleasure to be on. Yeah, emergency goalie, you're always going to need him because on any given night, even in the playoffs, you just never know when that injury might hit. You don't. You don't at all. Um, so it's been... It's been a good week, really, in the NHL just because it's got going again. And after the after the bye week and after the All-Star break, it's just nice to get some meaningful hockey back on the TV. Uh, Stephen, how has Colorado been post, uh, post the All-Star? Uh, it, it's been much the same as it's been leading up into the All-Star because Colorado, again, as, as, I, as I unfortunately talk about every single time I come on this show, is that is is the top line is fine. It's the scoring elsewhere that's been very much our issue. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into buyers and sellers at the deadline a bit later in the show. But obviously, Colorado, one of these teams are going to kind of decide what they're going to do. And net minding, it was all of a sudden become very, very shaky. We, we just give up so many shots. And I think that's been one of those things that's happened over the course of the last few years. It's not just this season. And, of course, the more shots you give up, the more chances you're going to have of, of a goal being scored against you. So, yeah, it's been really, really poor. I mean, we, we lost to Vancouver as well, which is another team that's kind of fighting for one of those wildcard spots. And it, it, I, I want to see Colorado make the playoffs because I think it's important to get that playoff experience. You know, we joked the last time I was on, you know, it doesn't really matter in a sense where Colorado finished because it's... It's more about where Ottawa finish in terms of where that draft pick might be. So I think this season is very much, if we can try and get into the playoffs, I know if we do make the playoffs, we're we're very much going to be a first round exit, but you just never know when you get to that, that second season, as we call it. But yeah, it's not great at the moment. And my hopes of playoff hockey are fading fast. Well, we are going to talk um, along the lines of a couple of things Stephen mentioned there. We're going to talk about the Western Conference race and just how close it is for those wild card spots. We're going to look at a blockbuster trade between the Pittsburgh Penguins and the Florida Panthers and what that means for both teams. Both very interesting kind of situations there that we'll try and have a little look into. And also the trade deadline, of course. Who's going to be selling? Who is going to be buying and I'm really pleased to say that we have got a Pittsburgh Penguins fan on and I promise I'm not going to spend the whole evening talking about how great the Leafs win was against the Pittsburgh Penguins this week that is with Georgie but let's get started with the podcast So, welcome along, Georgie. You are a Pittsburgh Penguins fan and you're our fan this week. Now, you're in Norwich, is that right? 
Yes, yes, uh, all the way in the furthest city from any ice rink. <laughs> so so I'm, I'm sure Stephen would want to know this as well. How did you get into ice hockey when there's not even an ice rink near you? I know. Well, it's actually quite different from... Um, you said a lot of your um, people will come on, listen to it on or watched it on Channel 5 in the yeah. 90s, I think. I wasn't... I was a baby then. Uh, me too, me too this... Georgie, but I don't like to go on about it. <laughs> uh, I went on a school trip kind of to... Um, America, yeah. and it was uh, 2010, I think, mm. and we were in New York and Boston, but it was the time when that ephigenical volcano erupted, so we got stuck there for an extra five days or six <laughs> days. We had to find stuff to do, and it was it was around April time, and it was what turned out to be the playoffs, and I there were two girls who, um, for some reason, were really into the NHL. And um, they showed me some games, and we went, I thought it was really cool, and bought some cards, and we went to a game, and it was I was really impressed with all the you know lights and the fun stuff and the hitting and the fighting, and I've been pretty much hooked ever since. That's so cool that the fact yeah. that your your first exposure, as you say, unlike so many other NHL fans from over here that I've spoken to, was actually live in person. NHL yeah. game over there normally Playoff, yes. yeah and playoffs as well yeah, yeah. I mean yeah. you you saw the kind of the best of the best and in person first of all so then how did you come on to become a Pittsburgh Penguins fan it was um a Penguins I think it was Penguins Rangers or Penguins yeah it was Penguins Rangers playoff game I saw I think it was Rangers oh maybe the Islanders I can't remember such a long time ago um but the Penguins won and I was like oh they're a good team. <laughs> I'll support them. <laughs> um, I they were they were a lot younger then, and they were really exciting. Well, they are exciting now to watch, but you know back then they were extra like flamboyant. I would say. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, they're a really fun team to watch. And I also I like the mascot. So. What What is your is it is it a penguin? It is a penguin. There's one thing I learned from the All-Star break, probably the, one of the only things I learned from the All-Star break, was some teams have some very weird mascots <laughs> and uh, looking at them. And, yeah, I, I, I was suddenly realising I actually, if they weren't wearing a jersey, I actually couldn't place some of them. Like, without, oh, really? Yeah, some of them are really strange. Some of them. I really... find Gritty a bit weird. I know people love him, but <laughs> I find really, really strange. I think a bit weird is, uh, I think, is a fair assessment of that character yeah. is what he's yeah. become. But uh, good for kids. Yeah, well, well, yeah, good for kids, but also quite terrifying at the same time. Right? <laughs> yeah. Do you know? I've got to say though that you know the first exposure to hockey is is due to a trip. You know that, that gets lengthened that you. Didn't realise, and I, I seem to remember when I was at school, the the furthest I got with anything anywhere near that was was going on a school outing to the Tower of London, the bus breaking down at <laughs> 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 It's not quite the same. No, it's not. You don't want to be delayed there for four days, do you? <laughs> No, you might get your head chopped off or something. Yeah, yeah. four hours. <laughs> that is such a good uh, school trip, wow. and what a great outcome. So, how do you how do you consume your hockey from over here? Are you a kind of stay up all night, or are you a get up early the next day and watch it? Um, oh, I'm not a morning person. Um, okay. I sometimes depending on, I usually watch 
up to the second period if it's a Saturday game or a Friday night game. But if it's if it's a game I really want to watch and it's in the week, I'll sort of watch the first period and then I have to get up at like half six for work. Um, so I, I won't be that, uh, you know, I don't want to be too tired to work. No. Uh, if it's like if it's like a Penguins, you know, Canucks game, even if it's a home game, I'm not going to watch it. No. Because <laughs> you know, but if it's like a Penguins Flyers game in the week on a Wednesday, which it's, probably be the the stadium game, I might watch a period and a half. It's one of live. the things that I don't. I think we most struggle with as fans over here mm. when you watch uh, when you watch out of time, which you most certainly, well, most of the time you would. Um, is that nobody else around you understands? Like it's fine. True. It's fine this week, for example, to turn up to work on Monday morning looking like death because, well, hey, it was the Super Bowl, and everybody yeah. knows the Super Bowl's on. So if I turn up to work on Monday looking terrible, then people will just know that it's the Super Bowl. Whereas yeah. people don't know that Toronto played Montreal last night, or mm. Toronto were on their West Coast road trip, so they don't start games till three a.m. So you kind of have to like <laughs> suffer in silence. Yeah. Come on a second, Jolon. Yeah. I'm a Colorado fan. Every yeah. game is in the western side of the United oh, States. Stephen, that, that begs the question, why would you choose a team on the west coast? It's a very good question. Well, they were on the east coast when I first started oh, rooting yeah, for they them because they were they? Quebec Nordiques. Oh, man. Of course they oh, were. I've forgotten that. Yeah. I've forgotten you supported them in the Quebec days. Ah, oh, that's yeah. rubbish. <laughs> that is yeah. rubbish. No, yeah, I, I, I had that with my. Um, I support the the San Francisco 49ers in the NFL, and uh, I regret that decision ever since the day that I started supporting them because it's just so hard yeah. to watch them because I just didn't think I was out there and got like taken up with it all. And uh, but yeah, I really regret it now because trying to watch any of their games is just a nightmare. Mm. Yeah, two thirty in the morning for me, most of the uh, start times, or two o'clock uh, at the very earliest. Uh, do you watch? The, do you watch? The, I can't remember. I have asked you this question, but do you watch them late at night, or do you watch them the next morning? <clears throat> um, it, it, again, it's 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 much like Georgie. It really does depend on the game. I mean, if it, if it's a game against the Wild, I'll try and watch that game live because that's like our rivalry game. If it's a game against one of the the, the top teams around the NHL, I'll always try and do my best, but invariably we're not one of the games that tends to be even the early ones on a weekend either, which does make it a lot more difficult on a weekend. I'll, I'll tend to sit up and then, um, but if I was to do it too much in a week, watch the whole game, I'd pretty much go straight to work yeah. on the back end of sitting up and watching the game, which, <laughs> which wouldn't be good. But I do have like, I do have like a two hour commute every day. So that also helps in terms of consuming um, at least most of the game, extended highlights or, or anything else so please tell but, me yeah, that please tell me that's by train or something and not by car oh yeah not in a car you can fit an ipad on a steering wheel you gotta remember georgie <laughs> georgie's from norwich they, they very rarely have public transport out there if you're traveling two hours you are by car i'm from shropshire as well we did not have a commute in public transport for two hours i've heard there's a really poor train service out to norwich from london it's fine yeah <laughs> yeah most of the time it's delayed yeah, um, that one train always, I think there's every weekend, I think there's rail placements at the moment, which makes me glad I don't work in London. Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I very briefly, I went to Norwich uh, for work once and I loved it. It was a beautiful place. And I, I, mm. I thought, you know, this is a really, really nice place. But I thought, wow, it is difficult to get to. Mm. It is very difficult to get to. Um, anyway, let's talk about the Western Conference race, first of all. Um, we'll come on to, we'll come on to Pittsburgh 
um, Georgie, don't worry. But let's have a look at the, this just nutty Western Conference wildcard race. So at the moment, as things stand, as we're recording this podcast, um, you have got Chicago, right, who are second bottom in the entire Western Conference on 49 <laughs> points, OK? So Chicago have had a terrible year. Everybody has been slating them. It's been appalling year for Chicago. They weren't great last year, though, were they? They weren't great last year, no. no. But everyone thought, I think they thought that was a blip. And then actually <laughs> now, well, you know, you sack Joel Quenville and there's a big rebuild. But but OK, so they're on 49, second bottom of the, the West. If you go all the way up to, well, let's go as far as Minnesota, who are currently in the first wildcard spot. They are on 56 points. That mm. means you have got Minnesota in a wildcard spot with 56. You've got Vancouver in a wildcard spot, 54. Colorado just outside on 52. St. Louis on 51. Arizona on 51. Edmonton on 51. Anaheim, who have been terrible as well, on 51. <laughs> And even going up to as far as Dallas, who currently occupy the third place in the central, they only have 58. I mean, you could potentially pick any of the teams in the Western Conference, barring LA Kings, who probably are out of it. But that is just amazing at this point in the same. After 50 games played, how do you call that as a fan? I mean, Stephen, your team is right in the middle of that. Yeah, right in the middle of it. But I mean... I think when you take a look at it as it stands at the moment, you've got a lot of those teams that are really struggling. I mean, Chicago seems like they've got a bit of momentum behind them now. Lewis are playing um, pretty good hockey right now. Um, Arizona, although they've lost the last two, they've played very, very well lately as well. So you've got to kind of look at the informed teams to see whether or not they're going to kind of make the take the next step. Dallas, I mean, they've won four in a row as well. Yeah. But you've got Colorado that are struggling. Edmonton are struggling. Like, Anaheim are struggling. So it, at the moment, yeah, it, it's, it's all very much like up and down. I mean, I think you can take a look at the the way that things are at the moment. I mean, Vegas, as you, as you mentioned there, they've lost lost four in a row after playing very, very well. Mm. I think certain teams you can kind of say, well, they, they should be okay unless their form really drops off. So Winnipeg, Nashville, Calgary, San Jose. I'm going to put Vegas in there as well. I do honestly think Minnesota will get one of the, the wild card spots because they just seem to they're, they're quite battle-tested. Yeah. Um, they're there or thereabouts every single year. I think Dallas will be okay now. They, they seem so they've got a lot of things straightened out now. We talked about those early on in the season, and you had Matt on as well talking about the stars. And you know they seem as though they had like a bit of a blip, but now they seem as though they've got things kind of straightened out, which is which is good for them. And they could be very very dangerous come playoff time. But I think for me, it's going to come down to that final wild card spot. That's where it's going to get really really fun because I think. Vancouver, I've got you know a, a reasonably good chance, and all the time Edmonton. Although I'm saying they're struggling, Conor McDavid out of the playoffs again, yeah, relegated <laughs> to another another year at the World Championships without uh, a GM as well. Yeah, I mean, you've got to start looking at these teams and think to yourself, right? Okay, well, you know, are can they take that next step and kind of hit a, hit a run of form? As you say, we're 50 games into the season now. You've got 30 games left. And this, again, lends into kind of like the next 10 games will ultimately decide whether any of these teams will want to make some moves at the deadline and decide whether or not, okay, we are going to go for the playoffs this season. Oh, no, we're not. We're going to kind of 
come out of that. And if I was going to put my neck on the line right now about the other wild card spot, I think it's I think it's going to be Vancouver, and I think that'll be exciting to see a guy like Pettersson on the biggest stage. Yeah, he has come into league and, and lit it up straight away, and to be able to see him. In the playoffs, again, I think that'll bring intrigue to a first-round matchup. So we did this stupid thing, uh, you may remember, just before Christmas, where we did our uh, daft kind of uh, bracket challenge <laughs> yeah. just before Christmas, right? Where we, me and Claire, Hi. went through the, the playoff bracket and filled in all the blanks just after Christmas, or just before Christmas. Um, yeah, well. Which was, uh, it was, it was actually a lot of fun. And, and I've got so many things wrong in it. But my one kind of brag about the whole thing is that I called Vancouver to get the second wildcard spot. And if they do that, I'll be so pleased. And also, as you say, Stephen, they're just great to watch. And Pettersson yeah. is just a dream to watch um, as a player. Now, it's interesting you say about Dallas because now, Georgie, you as a Pittsburgh fan will have seen the other side of this. Who was the guy that Dallas just traded back for? Who was the, what was his name? <sighs> Jamie Alexia. Right, okay. Yeah, yeah. that's a weird trade, What, what is that about, please? What? So just well, to give it some, well, just to give it some context, he basically, you know, Dallas traded him to Pittsburgh for a, a, round, a draft round pick, didn't he, or something like that, fourth, I can't mm. remember what it was. And they traded him back for the same pick. Exactly the same pick. <laughs> Just a year later, yeah. but uh, then I mean, he signed a contract extension while he was with Pittsburgh, so he's now yeah. come back on a higher cap hit. Yeah, I mean, I don't really think that Jim Rutherford, Jim, Jim Rutherford would have um, wanted to give up Jamie Alexak if he had another reasonable trade ship, because he obviously wanted to trade, he obviously wanted to clear some cap hit, mm. um, but you, Jack Johnson... Nobody wants him, and we're stuck with him. That's three million. Um, and he was oh, who you, you signed him from Columbus, didn't you? Yeah. A, yes, yes, we did. <laughs> why, why, why do we not like Jack Johnson? He's, he's a turnover machine. All right. Um, I mean, he's physical, but uh, he was Jamie Lexer would kept getting scratched because he. Probably was getting outplayed by our new defenseman, Yuso Rikula, I'd say. Yeah. Um, and two million rather than an uh, entry level contract. It's just a bit of a weird trade, but as I said, I think they just needed to clear some cap. Yeah, it did. It did seem very odd that he ended up back at Dallas. But as you say, they've <laughs> they've gone on a, a really really good run now, mm. and and teams mm. like yeah, even Arizona who who have had so many injuries and so many problems and Anaheim the same, so many injuries. And I mean, they got oh. absolutely smashed the other night. Nine, three. Was that oh, get, yeah, that was, that was, that was hilarious. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah Actually, he still didn't score. Like, Did what he not? Is that line? Like, no, he's had, what, two goals in the last, like, 20 games or something. Ridiculous yeah. like that. He's in a hell of a scoring slump. See, that's the thing. That's the thing about Patrick Laine, isn't it? Though, because he he had that monstrous. Was it November or December? One of those it like, months. It was like a week where he scored like eleven goals, and then. <laughs> yeah, and every I remember a load of people saying, "Ah, oh, well, he's going to be on pace for like sixty goals or something like that." You're like, "No, no, no, mm. no! This is what he does. Like, he scores loads, and then he goes cold, and then he'll get hot again." And the, I suppose the good thing for Winnipeg is the fact that they are currently top of their division and without Patrick Laine at the moment. And if he yeah. comes good yeah. in the playoffs, then that's going to be like a new signing. 
yeah. very good at home. That's the thing with the Jets. They're very, very good at home. I mean, that is mm. probably the toughest arena to win at in the Western Conference. If you, yeah. I mean, all those at the moment look like they're going to go through Winnipeg. I know Calgary have got more points, but I still think Winnipeg will finish with that number one seed. And I think if you've got to go in there and win a seven-game playoff series against Winnipeg, you're going to struggle. I just think they do a hell of a lot of things right. And as you say, if Lainey comes comes good, then you know, they're going to be even more unstoppable than they are now. I think their biggest threat comes within their own division. Mm. Yeah, they're a well team. Um, yeah, and I think as well, um, you, looking at that, uh, we're going to come on to kind of buyers and sellers, but it's it must be tough for, for all of those teams, pretty much, knowing or, or feeling like they can pass this season and be a seller and build for next year because it's too good an opportunity to give up in the Western Conference. Like, it's too... The, there is, there's a wild card spot available to anybody who wants it in the Western Conference. And I, I don't know, that takes, a, that takes a strong GM to decide, nope, this is the year that we are going to start a rebuild. Yeah, but then look yeah. what that's turned into in Chicago. The, 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 basically, the announcement of the rebuild and then the players have gone, <laughs> hang on a second. <laughs> yeah. We actually want to be a playoff team. And yeah. it, it's very, very difficult to kind of get the team to kind of buy into the rebuild, if you see what I mean, because players don't go out there to deliberately lose, which is yeah. something that I always say to people when they talk about, you know, teams you know, wanting high draft picks and stuff like that. You cannot tell a player to go out there and lose. No. A player will go out there and be competitive and, you know, on any given night, any team to some extent can beat any other team around the NHL especially. So it doesn't surprise me when teams maybe look like they're rebuilding, mm. but they're still going to be successful. And I still think when it comes to sports in America with the playoff system, that consistently having year on, year out, where you don't make the playoffs is not good for the locker room. You've got to kind of take a stand at some point and get to the playoffs and start teaching your players what it's like to play in a playoff atmosphere. Because it's certainly in hockey, I think, because you play there every other day, it is a massive toll on your body to try and get used to that. You've just gone through this 82-game regular season, mm. and then all of a sudden you've then got to win 16 games, and you could find yourself in four seven-game playoff series back-to-back-to-back. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's not easy. No, and it is, you're right, and it is one of those things, and I think the, the only way... The only way to make a team tank is the GM by getting rid of players because you're Toronto right. Toronto 2015. Well, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> if you yeah. want an effective way of tanking. And what was so clever about that, and I don't want to kind of go on about this, but what was so clever about that year is we finished bottom of the NHL, right, which is what we needed to get Matthews or certainly get yeah. the highest odds. And... The the important thing was is that okay they got rid of all of their good players they got rid of Kessel they got rid of all of these players who were getting points but what they did is they replaced it with just young fast skillful players and they put them in yeah. there and they blooded them and even going to watch I remember I went to go and watch three games over there that year and I am pretty sure that we lost all three of them but as we did with most games that year but. <laughs> They were entertaining games to watch. They were good to watch. And you knew what was going on. And 
the great thing was those players playing there, they weren't thinking about tanking. They were thinking about trying to make sure they were going to be part of the rebuild. And so you had oh, yeah, this brilliant course. like moment of players like Nylander. Remember him? He used to score. Like people, people <laughs> like that who were just playing out of their skin, given so many minutes that they would never have got on the Leafs a few years previously. And at the same time, we were losing games, I don't know, 4-2, 5-1, 3-3, and then going losing in overtime. But it was entertaining and the fans could buy into it. And I think that's one of the reasons why that rebuild was not as painful as some. I think what you alluded to, Stephen, is interesting with Chicago, is that I can't imagine you telling uh, Jonathan Taves and Patrick Kane that they have to, you know, that we're going to be rebuilding and it's going to be a few years of pain because they're like, well, I've probably not got that long left. No, but the thing is with Chicago, the minute they handed out those contracts to Taves and Kane and what they've been doing is shaving players off the payroll every single year because they've had to have done because as much as those contracts you could say were good value because of what it gave Chicago in terms of of success, you knew down the line that they were going to be problem contracts that you were going to have to try and work around. I mean, they've, they've, they've been basically a salary dump. I mean, Dallas for a while seems like every year they would almost pick up the phone to Chicago and say, okay, which player are you going to get rid of now? Because <laughs> we, we would quite like them because we can actually afford to, to take them on. So, yeah, I think, but I think Kane and Taves are still kind of known that was maybe an issue. I know as players, they don't want to think, well, hang on a second here. You know, you've got to put the best people, team out on the ice because we still want to be successful. But I'm sure they saw a realistic part thinking, hang on a second here. You know, there is only so much cap room, especially in the NHL, where you do have the salary cap and, you know, and you've got to try and make that work for you as best as you possibly can. And I just want to touch on something you said there about Toronto a few years ago. I think as well as giving that young group of players playing time, it also allows management to find out which one of those, which of those players can handle that kind of, uh, of moments in games where they make a mistake can they learn from it? If they go down a couple of goals early, how do they react to that? How does a netminder react to that? Mm. And not all those questions can only be answered when you kind of go into this situation of, okay, well, this group of players, we really don't know much about them right now, but we need to try and understand which one, somebody, which of some of these players are actually looking to keep and which, one, which of these guys really don't fit in our team chemistry-wise going forward. Yeah. I mean, Georgie, with with Pittsburgh at the moment, I mean, you guys are obviously Mm. not rebuilding. I'm not trying to say that. But you guys are, I think it's probably fair to say, um, have have probably peaked with Crosby and Malkin. And now it's a case of, yeah, it's now a case of trying to get as much out of that era as possible. And yeah. we'll come on to the kind of recent trade that you guys did with Florida in a second. But how mm. do you how do you feel as a as a Pittsburgh fan? You have had some incredible years, and you could still yes. have a, a few more to go yet. Um, but yes. knowing the <laughs> looking at teams like Toronto in 2015 and what LA are going through, can you can you sit there and just go, well, I've got to enjoy this because that's probably around the corner post Crosby and Malkin. Oh, absolutely. We've had. We've got zero first-round draft picks since 2012. Whoa. <laughs> yeah. And the most recent second-round draft picks 
just not they're not top prospects by any imagination. Nice. And we there's there isn't really anything in the pipeline. So four or five years time, we're going to be LA, I would say. Yeah. And I mean, the, the system is designed, the league is designed mm. so that teams like Pittsburgh don't succeed forever. Like, yeah. and, and arguably you guys have probably gone longer than the league is, is supposed to mean that you're able to yeah. because yeah, I mean, of the longevity of Crosby and Malkin. Yeah, you've got at the bottom of the Western Conference and probably the league, uh, LA, Chicago and Anaheim and they're cup winners in this last 10 years and maybe P- Pittsburgh, Washington and who else has won? Who else has won recently in the Eastern Conference? Is it just Pittsburgh and Washington? Oh no, Boston! I forgot about Boston them. as well. I like yeah. to blank yeah. that out. <laughs> but, but yeah. Yeah. More recent cup winner than the Maple Leafs. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, more, was, more recent. A good series. Stephen, that's hardly an accolade, is it? A more recent cup winner than the Maple Leafs. Well, I was. I could reel off every team that has won a cup since the Leafs last won a cup. I mean, oh, if let's you want not. Me to... oh. Let's not. We'll be here for hours. I mean, it would basically be about twenty-nine teams, wouldn't it? The only one who wouldn't would be Vegas because they've never won one. Um, St. Louis, St. Louis has never won. Uh, who else hasn't won? Yeah, who? Uh, let, I mean, Buffalo hasn't won. Let's not think. let's not go into who's won it since the Maple Leafs because I'll just start crying. But who? Mm. How and many teams have never won them? Do we know? I mean, I've no it's, idea. It's definitely Louis definitely haven't. Yeah, Buffalo. don't mention Buffalo because I was able to bring up Brett Hull's goal. Oh yeah, of course he will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah can't can't bring up Stanley yeah. Cup finals with Buffalo fans. Mm. It doesn't end well. Yeah, same with Vancouver, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I don't think Vancouver have won. No, I, they, they, I don't think they have. They've got yeah. really close, haven't they? Yeah, uh, they, 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 they tore down a city, but they didn't yeah. win. Yeah, I don't know what's worse. I, I really don't. And I'm hoping I'm going to find out over the next few years. But I, I don't know what it's like to support a team that's close. Um, I, I don't know how you I mean I'm probably George you're going to have to get some advice from me of how to cope with winning maybe one day because I'm not quite sure how I'm going to deal with it when it happens if it it's going to be an interesting for couple of years for Toronto isn't it with the, uh, the cap say again sorry uh, it's going to be an interesting couple of years with the, the cap and how it's going to be managed yeah I, I, I don't I don't have as much kind of worry as I hear some people say about it because it's really only next year that is the real mm. difficulty. Mm. Like next yeah. year, we are right up against the, the cap. Um, and it looks like Matthews is going to sign a contract um, within the next couple of weeks. Oh, and really? It, and it also looks like it's going to be probably a five or six year deal as opposed yeah, to eight, um, mm. which is going to keep the cost down, um, which is good. So there's talk of him being able to to probably be in the kind of 11 million pounds uh, sorry 11 million dollars uh if it's signed over five or six years as opposed to it probably getting nearer mcdavid if he signed the eight and yeah. the good thing i guess about that is once you've got that number locked in with matthews then that number is where you work from for mitch marner's contract as well 10 uh, probably yeah i would imagine it's probably something like that i can't imagine yeah. he gets as much as matthews um yeah. but i mean then next season it's the last year of patrick marlowe's contract um, i was thinking marlowe would get traded at the end well, of the season he's got a he's got a no move clause so <laughs> really so oh, we can't that. unless he agrees to it um yeah. and i just think i don't know with the amount you hear from leafs management and babcock and all of that with 
how much he means to the young players and how, oh, yeah. you know, you look what Matthews did at the All-Star game with, you know, taking his jersey off and having a Marlowe jersey on underneath and um, all of that kind of stuff. I just wonder whether... I, I just can't imagine that they do trade him. Yeah. He'd be a perfect uh, a player to go to, like, Carolina or Arizona because although his cap hit is, what, 6.25? Yeah. Yeah, that's what cap hit is. His actual salary after... His signing bonus is 1.25 million so oh, that's yeah. something Arizona loves <laughs> yeah oh yeah he could quite easily move there and he's he's yeah his salary hit is is great to move but I think yeah. that um no move clause now I'm pretty sure mm. that the when he signed for the Leafs I remember it being kind of a thing of well I'll sign for you guys and I'll leave San Jose but then I'm not being moved again like mm. this is kind of yeah I'd expect that whether you know some people have talked about whether he would go back to San Jose for another year or things like that but again you've got to think that's got to be a huge upheaval for a, for a guy who's got I think it's like four young kids and all this kind of stuff and already yeah. moved west to east and all this kind of thing. Um, talking of being on the move, um, that trade that uh, happened last week, end of last week, which involved uh, your Penguins, Georgie, and yeah. the Florida Panthers. Um, so, Nick, oh, I'm going to try and pronounce these. And, I mean, some of these players, I'm not 100% sure. So, uh, Nick Bustad, is that right? Yeah, Nick Bustad. Yeah, That's the right way of pronouncing, yeah. isn't it? And uh, Jared McCain go to um, the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, you can tell, <laughs> tell it's Super Bowl week, can't you? Pittsburgh Penguins, sorry. Um, so those two players go to the Penguins and then mm. Derek Brassard and Riley Shen and a 2019 second round pick, a 2019 fourth round pick and another 2019 fourth round pick go to the Florida Panthers. A lot of talk yep. has been that Derek Brassard is only a very mini rental there at Florida before they're going to flip him and move him on Um, we'll come on to what it means to Florida in a second but what does that trade mean to you as a Pittsburgh fan Georgie? Uh, Making the centre depth a lot younger and more mobile and a bit more upside I'd say as well and it locks the um, plays in for at least a couple of years a bit of cap certainty Yeah because both those players are signed for this year and next Mm. is that right? Uh, well, Bukes adds until end of 2021 season and um, oh, right. okay. uh, Jared McCann is uh, an RFA with arbitration rights at the end of 20, well, next season. Right. Uh, so yeah, so to me, that, that looks like you guys are tooling up for another run or another two <laughs> runs to I me. I would say that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. Squeeze every ounce of Crosby, Malkin, Castle, and Latang out whilst you've got the chance. <laughs> Chris Latang's been good this year, hasn't he? Oh my God, he's been amazing. I, 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 was it, it was last season that everyone was talking about him being traded. Well, he had, he had he's had a lot of serious like injuries in his neck injury, didn't he? And yeah. It's, it did. He was pretty bad last year, especially the beginning of last year. Yeah. But um, his. He's worked like in the Toronto uh, Penguins game. He was outstanding, especially with yeah. Marner coming down on a breakaway at one point. Yeah. Completely boxed him out. Yeah. Shame we've got no other offensive defenseman at the moment because, you know, Schultz is out. Hey ho. But it's always, it's always been the way, though, with Pittsburgh, hasn't it? And, mm. and Pittsburgh has been a has been a, a reassuring model for me to look at because, <laughs> because you guys have been so successful with not a brilliant defence. And uh, I don't know if you've seen the yeah. Leafs recently, but we haven't got a very good defence, although much better now that Jake Muzzin's there. 
Um, but I'm wondering what's going to happen with uh, what's his name? Oh, who's your number one defenseman? I can't remember his name. Oh, Morgan Riley. It's your second one then. Uh, Jake Gardner. That's the one. Yeah. Jake Gardner, number one defenseman. <laughs> oh, there'll be Lee fans all over the place going, you what? <laughs> he's a good pl- he's isn't he the top plus minus, is that right? Yeah, he's yeah. he's a he's such a divisive player amongst Leaf fans. You'll get half of a room going, he's the best thing ever, and the other half going, I can't stand seeing him play. He he didn't arguably lose your playoff series. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> but let's move on from that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah the, the penguins defence. <laughs> I'm Really not the biggest Oli Marsa fan, mm. just because the Penguins they're built on speed and being dynamic and being able to a good first pass and skate up. And Marsa skating, he's 24 and he's one of the slowest on the team. Wow. Yeah, and it just reminds me of I don't know Rob Scuderi going to turn mm. into get really slow and it's not how the penguins are built and it it is quite different but difficult when it, there's breakaways he he just can't he can't catch them yeah and it's like oh god murray <laughs> please save <laughs> <laughs> you'll re- you'll remember this guy from uh, from your team not long ago but i feel exactly the same when it's uh, a two on one against ron hainsey or a uh, or a breakaway with Ron Hainsey, poor old oh. guy, trying to uh, defend at the age of 38. Um, yeah. he's, he was pretty solid in our, our playoff run, though. He's a funny... Yeah, he's he's an interesting one. He's been played to death uh, by Babcock because of the fact oh, that we've yeah. got so little uh, uh, defence, really, and he was, <laughs> he was one of the only ones that Babcock really trusted, so played him way oh. too many minutes. But I was amazed that even with Muzzin and Riley and Gardner and all of these other players who they've now got in and are taking those top line minutes, it was still Ron Hainsey who he trusted with those final minutes in the third period against the Penguins the other night. Oh, yeah. And he saw out pretty much the whole end of the game. Um, well, when I saw Hainsey and Zaitsev were there right at the end, I was yeah. thinking this is going to be a car experience crash, but... makes you not panic, doesn't it? I guess. I guess so, and who knows? Yeah. Maybe Hainsey knows those. He'll know those Pittsburgh Penguins quite well. True, still. actually. I yeah. would imagine that. <laughs> maybe. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. had something to do with it. Um, let's have a look, Stephen. With the the Florida side of this, I was reading on our our Slack group. Which, by the way, if you've uh, if you fancy getting involved with something. Um, where we basically just have chat about the NHL. It's kind of like a little closed forum thing, but anybody can join in. Just drop us an email at nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com and send us an email, and what we'll do is we'll send you an invite. But it's basically just a little kind of social networking site where we can chuck out questions, and there's a load of people who have appeared on the podcast or just fans of the podcast who uh, follow the NHL. And uh, Rob McGregor put... um, on uh, kind of a comment about this trade on the Florida side of it, that this is Florida just shifting salary, rumoured to want to take a run at Bobrovsky and Panarin yeah. for Columbus this summer. Yeah, and I Yeah, I mean, he then went on to kind of say what you did, Georgie, about Pittsburgh, saying this was them adding depth at forward and under mm-hmm. contract to for the next couple of years. Uh, Stephen, is that is that how you saw this trade? Is it the fact that Florida were, you know, they're making space? Yeah, this is it. I mean, we're hearing all kinds of stories coming out, aren't we, that they could very well make a run at Brobowski. And if that is the case, and Passard is definitely going to be a part 
of that deal. And for Florida, it's very interesting for them because they have got to kind of look at what their identity is going forward. They they pretty much on like a maybe like a 10, 12 game action plan of, you know, what are we about? Can we make a go of things in the Eastern Conference? I mean, if you take a look at them at the moment, they are only six points back of Buffalo for one of those wildcard spots. And, you know, we've heard a lot of talk around Bobrovsky um, over the course of this season. And it will allow Columbus to maybe turn their attentions to um, to Panarin as well. So I can see this happening. I don't think Bassard is going to stay in Florida long. That was, for me, one of the big takeaways of this particular trade. Florida wanted it to kind of give them a bit of flexibility. I mean, Georgie talks around the fact that they got a bit more you know, salary cap tightened up over the next um, two to three years in Pittsburgh. Florida yeah. kind of wanted to get out from underneath that. They wanted to kind of have a bit more flexibility now that they could kind of um, make some moves. And uh, I certainly don't see um, Bassard and, and the rest of the deal on their side kind of staying around long, shall we say, because Florida have got to kind of look at and see what their long-term future is in terms of what they do the rest of the season. Do they make the playoffs? Do they go into next season with a, with a completely different plan going forward. And maybe Brovovsky is one of the first parts of that. Well, let's go on to the trade deadline because that kind of takes uh, us neatly onto it. What The most fascinating story for me um, in this trade deadline is what are Columbus going to do? Now, <laughs> I just can't imagine what it would be like being a Columbus Blue Jackets fan right now. I also feel sorry for the GM because he's damned if he does and damned if he doesn't in yeah. whatever he decides to do. So just in case you're not aware, there are two big um, unrestricted free agents come July 1st. Uh, Sergi Bobrovsky, the double Vesna winning goaltender, who let's say has had his issues this year, but still is a, a very, very good goaltender. He has basically said he's probably going to go. Um, come July 1st yeah. and doesn't want to re-sign. Yeah. And then Artemi Panarin is exactly the same. Like He or his agent said recently that after some talks with Columbus, he has now also said he will not decide what he is going no. to do. He hasn't ruled out re-signing with Columbus, as far as I'm aware, but he has said he will not decide now until July 1st, which, to be honest, if you interpret that that means he's probably not going to be a Columbus Blue Jacket come next year. Yeah. Now, he's going to be offered, what, 11 million, 12 million probably, what UFA? Do, what do you do? What do you do? George, you're in that scenario. You're the GM of the Columbus Blue Jackets. Do you deal them both before the trade deadline, retool, stack the shelves with prospects and go, do you know what? It just wasn't our time. See you again in three years. Or do you say... Look, this is the year. We have got Bobrovsky. We have got Panarin. They're both playing for big contracts elsewhere. Let's get, just get everything out of them this season and go for the Stanley Cup. It's a, it's a difficult one, isn't it? Because a lot of the team is underperforming. You've got is it Alex Wenberg has got like two goals. Yeah. In something like that. Oh, it's it is, and they're a very young team, especially on defence and. I don't know. If I was a GM, I I probably wouldn't. I wouldn't mortgage the future of the the Blue Jackets just because the defense is so inexperienced that if you try and gamble, they might 
you know, you do need experience to get through the playoffs and defensively, and I don't think they have the uh, like the nerve, I would say, to make it all the way through. Stephen? No, I don't. I mean, I think, again, Columbus are the, a, a prime example of a team that's got to get into the playoffs and kind of learn every single year what it's like to kind of go through um, the, the Eastern Conference. And, of course, we know that's not going to be easy with what's in there at the moment. For me, if I was in their shoes, I would move Bobrovsky and then hope I can try and re-sign Panarin. Mm. That's interesting. Mm. I Yeah, uh, that is interesting because Bobrovsky, out of the two, has had the lesser of the seasons. He's had troubles off the ice and, and kind of disagreements with them and also has actually not been that good when he has played. Um, he's still been better than some, but he's not been that good. I found that story fascinating. I can't. I know he's a very hot and cold player and he's a kind of a one season on, one season off player. But you would think that someone like that who wants to make a move and wants to go to a New York team or wants to go to a bigger team, I just, I find it bizarre that you choose this year to have an off year. <laughs> like, would you not be playing out of your skin now thinking that, well, he said he wants to earn the same amount as Carey Price. Well, no chance. Yeah. yeah, but contract years are funny ones. You'll you you'll find with players they'll go what they'll go either way on that. But they'll either have the best year of their career and then get paid and then somebody's gonna overpay them. Mm. Or the contract year becomes a bit of a distraction yeah. for not only them but the team as well. And it comes it becomes like a domino effect and it really does then affect teams going forward. And this is where it in a way I'm kinda glad when players' agents do come out and say, Look, you know, we just want to get through the season let's put the contract talks aside for now and let's just focus on on the now, which I think, you know, from, from Panarin's agent, I think that's, you know, the, the, the best way to go forward. Obviously, it's not great being a Columbus fan because you just don't know whether Panarin's going to be there come next season. It's not great maybe for the team because mm. they don't know what's going to happen going forward. But again, in some respects, I put some of the blame on the team. If you really want to get this done, you really should be getting this done around your star players long before you get into the final few months of a contract. Yeah. Blame yeah. the team, sorry. Yeah, it's interesting. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it's just such a difficult one, isn't it? Because it would be such a, it would almost seem like such a setback to to get rid of them both. But then at the same time, you're really, you are putting everything on, uh, well, you just, you, you're going all in, aren't you, for one year and then potentially yeah, but... coming out of it with nothing. Although, saying, yeah, any... saying nothing, although, I can't remember who it was. I think it was Elliot Friedman on 31 Thoughts said this, or maybe Jeff Merritt, I can't remember. But what somebody said that the one thing that they do have, it was Elliot Friedman, uh, one thing they do have come July 1st, if Panarin and Bobrovsky just go, then they have cap space, and they have a lot of it. They have about yeah. 30 million coming off the cap, mm -hmm. and they would have a lot of muscle then to be able to get possibly one of the other UFAs who are not going to sign. They need a yeah. lot of money for Borinsky, though, don't they? They do, he's, yeah. He's an RFA this year. Yeah. Eight million, maybe? I don't know. So that's Columbus. The For me, anyway, the second most interesting um, team come the deadline is going to be the Ottawa Senators because <laughs> that's... Uh, that, and Stephen's already laughing because... Uh, the uh, the the Colorado uh, the Colorado oh, yes, fans love <laughs> the Ottawa Senators struggling right now. Um, so, what are they going to do? So you've got 
you've got Stone, you've got Duchesne, you've got, uh, there's been talk of Dezingle going. You've got all of these players who they have either got to sign or get rid of. Very different to Columbus, as in they are not going to be getting into the playoffs this year. But what do you do if you are Ottawa? Because some, like I was hearing people saying that it's not so much that they might not want to sign uh, Mark Stone. It might be that they can't actually afford him. Not with a cap, but as in they don't have the money to do it. Yeah. I mean, Mark Stone is the, is the one guy I think you've got to go and try and re-sign. Um, but at the same time, Mark Stone would also bring back the most in return in terms of you know anyone on that roster. I mean, I'm going to just say this about Matt Duchesne. I really, as a Colorado fan and the way he got himself out of Colorado and the whole locker room situation, I really hope Matt Duchesne rots. <laughs> I, I really hope he rots. I have got so much disdain for Matt Duchesne as a hockey player a guy that thought he was going to a much better situation, left, went, got traded away right before the games in Sweden I went to last, um, last season. Uh, I, you, I cannot say enough bad things about the guy. I mean, he's not quite Tom Wilson on my <laughs> hit list of players I dislike, but um, Matt Duchesne's right up there. And to kind of like hear him being unhappy again... Um, is is a bit much to be perfectly honest with you and i think there's a lot of teams that will take one look at Deshane and go hmm not so sure about that one but mark stone's a guy i think they're going to have to make the decision around of do we want to move him and get the most back or do we really want to roll the dice with him and try and re-sign him i mean you know me as a colorado fan I hope they go on a massive fire sale and lose every game between now and the end of the season because it would just make Colorado's fans' hearts very, very happy. And just in case people don't know why that is, Stephen, and people just think you hate Ottawa, why is that? Why do you want, just to recap, why you want the Sens to tank this year? Because if Matt Deshane did something right, (laughs) it allowed us to have that wonderful first-round pick in this year's NHL draft, which is looking pretty sweet right now. Yeah. And the number Jeez. one overall <laughs> the number one overall pick could be a game changer. You put a guy like uh, Hughes on our team, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. that could be something a, a little bit special going forward. So, yeah, I, I hope that Ottawa lose and then the, <laughs> the dice go in our favour come, uh, come NHL draft time because if you follow me on Twitter, I will be going bananas. <laughs> The amazing thing about that whole situation, and I'm sorry if people already know this, which if you follow it, you will, but the amazing thing about that was it was a conditional first-round draft pick, so Ottawa had to choose whether it was this (laughs) year's first-round draft pick or this coming year's first-round draft pick. And, I mean, again, a horrible choice to have to make, but they bet on themselves to be better this year, and they have not been. And they have been much, much like Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne bet on Ottawa yeah. to be better than Colorado. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Good going, Matt. <laughs> Can I just check, Stephen? Um, you, you you don't like Matt Duchesne, is that right? I just wanted to make that, uh, shit, that yeah, clear. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You've, yeah, I mean, one A is Tom Wilson, and Matt Duchesne <laughs> is is kind of like you know one B maybe. We should do oh. this one week on the podcast. So Claire does this thing about uh, man crushes of the week, which will uh, return when Claire does. Um, just because I forgot to tell you guys about it before we went on air. 
But um, we should do that, shouldn't we? We should do like the hate list or the uh, dislike <laughs> oh, intensely yeah. list. Tom Wilson, number one for me. Right. Tom Wilson's number one yep. on most people's I think list. I think he would be beaten only by Brad Marchand for me. I don't think I could ever think of a player I dislike more than that guy. Which, and I have openly said that if I was a Boston Bruins fan, he'd be my favourite player ever. So I'm, I'm of 100% course, aware of this whole kind of fickle fan thing. Um, I know some Bruins fans who actually don't like him. Really? Yeah. yeah. I think he's an embarrassment to the Bruins. Oh, well, that's the one thing that we have in common. Um, <laughs> wow. When you take a look at a guy like Ray Bork and the class that he played with for yeah. many, many years in Boston... Mm then won a Stanley Cup in Colorado, and you think Brad Marchand plays for exactly the same franchise as a gentleman like Ray Bork. Mm. Yeah. <sighs> yeah, not a fan. So Tom Wilson for you, is it, uh, Georgie, who uh, your least favourite player in the NHL? Yeah, I mean, the playoffs last year. Yeah. How many concussions can we give a team <laughs> in one series? Yeah, yeah. <sighs> Keeps the medical people busy. Yeah. Yeah, bloody hell. It yeah. does indeed. Right. So, who are the other, who do you think are going to be the other big buyers and sellers? We've already looked at the kind of the complicated times ahead for Columbus and Ottawa. Uh, the Leafs have brought in Jake Muzzin, which was the kind of the first big uh, trade uh, kind of in this part of the season. Uh, the LA Kings, I think I'm going to take that one off the list. No one's allowed to answer that because that's obvious that they're going to be a selling team. Um, but beyond those teams that we've already mentioned, who do you think are going to be the big buyers and who do you think are going to be the big sellers? Let's go with Stephen. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's an interesting one because, I mean, the Flyers, for me, I mean, they won seven in a row. And yeah. what, we've, what have we heard? Uh, everyone on the, the roster is available apart from Giroud. And presumably uh, Carter Hart yeah. as well, I guess. Yeah, Patrick. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's what their I mean, GM said, wasn't it? Yeah. Maybe. That's crazy. So all of a sudden the team's like, oh, no, we're going to come together. And again, that's what the statement like that can bring a team together. The players are all of a sudden rallying around themselves. Mm. And the Flyers are playing great hockey right now. And they're, they're going to be an interesting one at the deadline. And I think the, the problem is for me, I, not in terms of actually what teams may be buyers or sellers, but it's, it's when you are out of a playoff spot and then all of a sudden you get hot for about the eight to ten games leading into like the trade deadline. And you then have to make that very difficult decision. Are we who we were the previous three months or are we who we are now? And that's where teams make or break not only their season, but sometimes like future years going forward because they make the wrong decision because they sometimes think they're somebody that they're not. And I think Colorado, I think, will fall into that because are they the team that started out very, very well or are they who they are now? Do they go and get some of that scoring depth to try and get themselves a playoff spot? Because I think it's important for the development of guys like McKinnon and Rantanen and Landeskog to go and get those players that are going to help them get into the playoffs. So I think they should be buyers at the deadline, but I think they may very well end up being sellers. I mean, we're still sitting here, what, the trade deadline's three weeks away? A lot can happen in the next three weeks in terms of what, how you perform, what players become available? You know, GMs get more and more desperate to try and move players. I mean, Zuccarello is another player that is, looks like he's going to be available. Um, you know, even St. Louis might be sellers. 
at mm. the deadline. You think about them, they're, they're knocking on the door of a, of a playoff spot. And I think it's even more important in the West when you've got one point dividing five teams that those teams could very well be, most of those teams could very well be sellers at the deadline. Yeah. And it could be whoever performs not so bad as the others at a team that falls into that, that playoff spot. It's difficult. I, I really do think it's some of the, the, the most difficult part of the season for a lot of these teams out there to try and understand what their identity is. So for me, the Flyers are an interesting situation and, and so are the Avalanche. Georgie? Um, well, I wonder about the, um, the Flames. They, they've got such a good team, but James Neal is underperforming so yeah. badly. Yeah, he's been I a real mess, hasn't he? I think he's got a no trade for it as well, but I'm wondering if they can try and flip him for a bit of, you know, a defense or something like that. Cause it's just an anchor on the team at this point. He's, I think, third, third or fourth line. Um, I don't know. He always, well, as a Penguins fan, I can tell him he's not very good in the playoffs. <laughs> <laughs> um, he always lets you down. Yeah. Um, so I do, I do wonder about that. And he was um, one of those. He was one of those players that seemingly got caught up in the whole Vegas thing at the right time and yeah. got going with mm. them, and then. Has, his value has has skyrocketed from that, and maybe we're actually seeing uh, he's leveling out a bit to what he probably is as a player. He had eighty points when he was on Malkin's wing, and then yeah. he he got a, what six million a year contract, I think, and then he was traded off to Nashville. Um, but he had that contract because of the points he put up with Malkin, and he's been he has been a twenty goal scorer for his basically his entire career, but his actual point totals have pated off a lot. He was 44 points last year, and obviously four years before that, he had 80-81 with Malkin. So, um, See, for me, I wouldn't have even... T- if I was a GM, no. I would have never touched a Vegas player. <laughs> no. Wouldn't have touched them just because <laughs> yeah. a lot of those players put up career-type numbers. Yeah. And you you just want to avoid those players doing that over over a season or get caught up in that. I mean, but you, you go back to what you're saying there as well, George. I mean, like being on Malkin's wing, you know, yeah, you're going to score points. If yeah. you don't score a decent amount of points playing on the line with one of the best centres in the league, then you've you got... You suck. <laughs> yeah, this is it. You, you, I mean, I, I think even if you put a couple of skates on me and, and put me out there, I think... I could perhaps put up twenty or thirty points, and <laughs> even even Matt Deshane. <laughs> yeah, I'd put him but... to, to Deshane. <laughs> Another team I uh, wonder about is um, Tampa Bay, because yeah. I feel that this year is their best shot for to get the cup for at least five years. They are, they've got such a cap crunch next year. They've got yeah. Braden. Braden Point to resign, and you've got uh, Kucherov going up to nine point five million on the cap. Mm. But then you've got three of their, uh, I think their their entire bottom six. Well, they're, they're four, five, and six defensemen are going. Uh, when I say okay. bottom six, they're still pretty good. Yeah, well, but yeah. Them, the yeah. Penguins defensemen. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, there were there's three UFAs who are good defensemen, and I wonder if they're going to try and bring in 
maybe Mark Stone, if they can maybe to a salary attention. <laughs> kidding. They're not, they just, shouldn't be allowed to add anyone. I know, right? Well, the thing, the thing is with Tampa, as you rightly say, this is their best shot. And if they don't win a cup this year, mm. I think we'll look back in three or four years and go, how on earth did this team yeah. not, not win a cup? Because they so much talent. They are, for me, the Stanley Cup favourites. It's, mm. it's going to take a hell points. of a lot to They're 15 them. points ahead of the Leafs at the moment. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've turned around and, uh, and made it known. I don't think that any team in the NHL can win four games in a playoff series against them. I just can't see it. You could beat them on any given night. I mean, as, as the Leafs have shown, you can maybe beat a couple of games at home, but you've got to win four games in a playoff series against this team. I, I don't buy it. I literally don't. But if they don't win the cup, and we look back and say the amount of talent that they had and they didn't deliver, I can turn around and, and say now that there's a lot of people at fault for not bringing the cup back to, to Tampa. But how many times have we seen that? I mean, the Washington story until last year was that they would do this every single year. They'd win the President's <laughs> Trophy and then they'd drop out in like the first to second round. I mean, so, yeah, but I don't, I'm, I'm not disagreeing with you in terms of, of how amazing Tampa are. And I, th- I think you're right. I mean, to, for anybody not to call them Stanley Cup favourites would be ridiculous. But mm-hmm. I, just, I just don't think that... Would I put money on them? I don't know. Like, just there because the playoffs are a curse, isn't there? There is, and the mm. playoffs are a funny old beast, really, when it comes to it. Mm. Yeah, I mean, but if you take a look at you know the Washington teams for me that won the Presidents' Cup, I don't think they're as talented as this team. Mm. I, I honestly don't. I think this Tampa team is one of the most talented teams that yeah, we have I seen agree. in hockey. They have they are absolutely stacked from top to bottom. With phenomenal yeah. net minding as well. Yeah. They, they, you yeah. talk about teams being built to win a, a championship. That, you're looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning right now. I mean, I, I can appreciate yeah. the playoffs. I mean, we've all seen it in the years where teams, it isn't about sometimes the best team. It's about the team that gets hot yeah. for two months. It's sometimes about a net minder getting hot. I mean, you, take a look, you want to talk about the Kings for a second. Jonathan Quick, for me, carried the Kings to at least one cup. Yeah, he did. They, yeah, they weren't is. that talented, but yeah. he carried them to that cup. You've got a hell of a lot of good netminders around this league that can carry their teams to the cup. But Tampa, they are just stacked from top to bottom. I know that we've got like another 30 games to go where you can have injuries and everything else. and We don't want that because we want to see the best players playing at the right time and certainly in form. But if you take a look at it, and I think what a lot of people haven't really talked about, in my opinion, is, is the run through the Eastern Conference for me, is a, is a lot easier than it is to run. No disrespect to your lease, but in general, <gasps> as a whole, I think the run through the Eastern Conference is a lot easier than it is to run through the Western Conference. That Western really? Conference, for me, yeah, I think that is stacked. Hang on. Jets, hang predators, on. Flames, hang on. Hang knights, on. Sharks. Your team. Absolutely hang on. stacked. Hang on. I'm sorry. I was going to let you get away with that. And then I was thinking about it as you were saying, and I can hear the same in Georgie's voice as well. There nope. is absolutely no way that the Western Conference is harder to get out of this year than the Eastern Conference. I think the, as the Western Conference is more even as a whole. Yeah, but that's because you're all even, because you're all racing to the bottom at the moment. Yeah, that's why it's... Hang on a second. That's the reason why <laughs> it is going to be harder to get out of the West. You look at the teams like the Jets. You look at you look at yeah. Nashville. That's going to be tough. Calgary are tough. Sharks are tough. Knights are tough. 
they all could be very difficult. Even the, even the wildcard teams, Minnesota, how difficult have they been sometimes nah, they to get all, out of the They always lose the fir- in the first round, Minnesota. You don't have to worry about them. They d- but they're, they're a difficult out for me, even in the first round of playoffs, because the, the physical nature that they play yeah. makes them a very, very difficult out for me. For me, you take a look at the Eastern Conference, neither of the wildcard teams can do any sort of damage. I'm not bought in on Hang Washington. On. One of them is Boston. <laughs> One of them is Boston. You can't say they didn't do damage. They've emotionally scarred me for years. No. <laughs> I, I just, I honestly, I, on, I've told you on a previous podcast, or it might have been Claire, when you was out of the room avoiding the score, yeah, yeah. that I really don't see Boston causing any sort of an issue for me. I really wow. don't. I think you can put that one to rest. We've got Pittsburgh and the Washington. Sorry, Georgie, I'll let no. you have your go in a minute. But we, like, you've got you've got Washington, the Stanley Cup reigning champions. You've got Pittsburgh with Malkin and Crosby. You've no. got the New York Islanders who are absolutely smashing it out of nowhere. No. You've got Boston, Columbus. <laughs> you've got Montreal who are having an amazing season. You've got the best team in the whole entire NHL, and you have got the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah, exactly. Who God knows what's going to happen with them in the playoffs, but. <laughs> That's exactly it, Jolon. Tampa have the be- are the best team in the NHL. They are not going to walk through the playoffs, but they're not they're not going to be for me. They're not going to have to go through seven game playoff series. Oh, I'm done, Georgia. You have a go. I'm I'm done. <laughs> I literally don't buy it. a lot of those te- a lot of those teams you're talking about there. For, for me, Pittsburgh are not as talented as they have been. Washington, I think, have found it very very difficult to be the defending Stanley Cup champions compared to what it is to try and get there. We all know how difficult it is to defend the Cup. It's it's one of the most hardest things you can do in all the sports to defend the championship. I don't buy it, even the wildcard teams. Toronto are probably the only team in there that I think could potentially give Tampa Bay a run for their money, but even so, I'm, I'm just not buying it. I'm not saying necessarily the Western Conference have the better teams, but it is a tougher road through that Western Conference than I think it is to get through the Eastern Conference for Tampa Bay. Yeah. If Tampa it, Bay were in the West, I think it would be, it, it it be very, It's interesting comparing the Eastern and Western Conference, though, because the, the Eastern Conference is so such higher scoring compared to the Western Conference. You've got LA and Anaheim, what was it saying here? 123 for Anaheim goals for and 116 mm. uh, for LA. They're the lowest in the Western Conference. But the lowest in the Eastern Conference are high 140s. Yeah. So it's it's really interesting to compare the two, and I th- I've always thought that the Western Conference do play a little different. They're a little bit more physical. Yeah, they are. Yeah. Um, they're a bit bigger built, and I th- I do like watching the clash of West and East. Imagine Tampa Bay versus <laughs> I was going to say LA, but LA not anymore. No, um, not anymore. San Jose. Uh, that that will be a, a good a good matchup, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, I think I think this year is going to be um, a really interesting one in terms of this whole um, physicality versus kind of speed and skill yeah. race because you've Eastern got Eastern is very much more skill speed. Yeah, than... and you've yeah you've got. Well, I mean, if you look at those, I mean, Tampa are a bit of a hybrid, really. They do both really well. They're 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 fi- more physical <laughs> than the Leafs, and yet they yeah. you know they're also skillful as well because they've just got so many incredible players. So take them out of it. Um, but you've got Toronto, who are all about kind of speed and skill. You've got the Islanders, who are playing on that little bit. Um, and But then you go over to the West, 
And you've got teams like San Jose, who, you know, big physical team, got a lot of experience there. You've got Nashville, big physical team, a lot of experience now in the playoffs. But then you've got Calgary, who are playing mm. some really nice, silky, skillful stuff. Oh, so you I could, like Calgary. Yeah, yeah, I love watching Calgary. Yeah. You could end up with a Stanley Cup final, which is completely different if you... <laughs> because you could have, as you said, San Jose versus Washington or San Jose versus Pittsburgh or something like that. Or, <laughs> 2017. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> or you could have the Leafs versus Calgary, where there's probably not going to be a single fight in the whole game or the whole series. And we I are think Calgary will come point. unstuck. Calgary, will, think. Calgary, for me, are the team that are most likely to come unstuck early on in the playoffs because I think they will unfortunately find themselves um, in a scenario where they're just not used to it. I think it's good experience for them. They, they play phenomenal hockey all season long. But if I'm sitting there thinking of, of a top team right now that could come unstuck mm. early on in the playoffs, I think it will be Calgary. But I think all of those teams in the West are all capable of knocking each other off. Yeah, And I think that's what will make that Western Conference very, very long, very, very tiring. That By the time that whoever comes out of that conference... And this is what I mean. I, I said I don't. It's not about yeah. No, I can't see what you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah, okay. they're all going to knock yeah. each other off. So by the time you get to Stanley Cup Finals, whether that's the the Lightning, whether that's the Leafs, yeah, I honestly think they're just going to be worn out. I think the road through that Eastern Conference, although so do go through Tampa. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I just think the road in that West is is going to be a really interesting one. I mean, we talk about the wild card. I also think you've got to look at the top part of it as well. At the moment, I don't know who's going to come out of the West. I think it's a, it's a really interesting story that's going to unfold over those two months of playoffs. If, if you ask me to put my, like my neck on the line, I'm probably going to say Nashville. Mm. But am I confident? Am I willing to have a bet on that? Absolutely not. No. I'm not putting money mm. on that. See, I looking, uh, I I've actually... I'm not confident, but I I don't dread a series with Tampa Bay, which does sound bizarre um, considering where they are in the standings. Um, but I, and I'm purely basing this on the games that we've played against them. And although I'm trying to remember whether it was two or three, we've definitely played them twice. I can't remember if it's three times, but um, the you know I think they've won one, we've won one. But in both games, it has been close and it has been um, it has actually come down to goaltending. Vasilevsky played out of his mind in that first game. Mm. And, you know, better netminder. Yeah. And you could argue that that I mean, I think uh, Freddie Anderson's got it all to prove in the playoffs this year. I think this is going to be a big one for him. Um, But I I, it's funny. I I don't fear a series with Tampa. That's not to say that I think we're going to walk it or we're going to win it. I think it's going to be close and I think it's going to be a really good series if we get it. But I, I am much more concerned about our potential first-round opponents in, in Montreal, Montreal <laughs> or Boston. And I just, yeah, just because of the style of play, I think, I think matching Tampa and playing Tampa is a, a more even game. By that, I mean they play similar and you're yeah. going to have a better matchup for the Leafs, I think going up against someone like Boston or Montreal. I mean, God, imagine a series against Montreal. That is going to be so good. 
And Bloody. Um, it's yeah, it's just, again, it's not a, that's a series that you, you're really not going to want. Well, I don't that's, really. That's I, the I, issue you've... I don't know though. Between Boston or Montreal, I I kind of side with Montreal because I kind of think, well, it's, at least it's something different. We're not going to have the whole deja vu thing. But can you imagine it if you then have to you go like a seven game war with Montreal and Boston? Yeah. Then you then go against Tampa in the next round. Well, yeah. Tampa could... are just going to be licking their chops because yeah. chances are they've gone through in four, maybe five games. <laughs> I don't think Toronto <laughs> can extend. Tampa. Oh, they'd Maybe be slashed to death by Marsh, aren't they? Wouldn't they? Yeah. My well, that's the thing. My hope is that uh, Columbus <laughs> go all in this year and take uh, Tampa Bay right to seven games, just because they're so desperate to eke out the last of Panarin. Or, uh, or yeah, as you said, uh, Georgie, Boston do their thing and uh, yeah. wind down a little bit. So as we kind of bring this to a close, um, Pittsburgh, Georgie, looking at you guys, mm. you're sitting second in the Metropolitan at the moment as we speak behind the New York Islanders. Oh, God, I know. <laughs> Who yeah. ever thought that? Um, <laughs> so that, by the way, on another side, that is one team I do not want to play in the playoffs. New York Islanders yeah. just do not want that story happening because they will win and then I will just feel bad eternally for Tavares. Anyway, um, so the Pittsburgh Penguins, second in the Metropolitan. Um, you mm. have had a weird season, I think it's fair yeah. to say, haven't you? You've had a season yeah. which looks... Bottom of the Eastern Conference. Yeah. Exactly. Like we all thought, oh my days, it's all ended so soon. Mm. Um, where where do you see... Where are your hopes for this year? I mean, obviously, if you're a Pittsburgh fan, you're probably going to say win the Stanley Cup. But where do you see yourself going this year? Um, it's going to... I think it's strongly going to depend on what the matchups are. Um, because I always really dread playing Washington. I personally obviously play them um, in the first round. Mm. But I also dread playing... Uh, if, if we somehow manage to get to first position, we could play Columbus or Boston. Oh, that would be awful. Mm. They just beat you to death. Philadelphia... <laughs> I wouldn't mind playing Carolina because they're pretty soft. Um, <laughs> yeah. No offense, but they yeah. are. Yeah. Um, but it would be good to get to the conference final. But my God, I don't know how we'd get through Tampa Bay or Toronto. Not that I think they're the favourites to get into the conference final, but you know, going by how they're playing, um, I don't. I think it's less likely than the last few years that Pittsburgh would get to the final, to be honest, which is a shame. Um, I mean, you're always going to have a chance, aren't you? With Crosby mm -hmm. and Malkin and Murray, if he, you know, if he's playing like he is, well, Malkin's had a really strange season. You've got Crosby with plus 20 on the year, Malkin and Kessel on like minus 19. Oh, every time they're on the ice, it seems like the goals go in. It's been, huh. yeah. but hopefully, but Malkin does turn it up in the playoffs, so you never know. He might, might just turn it on. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just didn't know. I didn't know what to, for the first time in ages, watching the, the game at the weekend against the Penguins, I had absolutely no idea what to expect from the Penguins. Like I just didn't, I didn't know. I've, I've always yeah, kind of lived in fear of playing them because they're always they are, good. They are frustrating because they lost to, uh, was it Florida? Who do they play before Tampa Bay? I can't remember. They, they they lost to like a bottom feeder team, and then they beat Tampa Bay, which I expected them to lose against. And yeah. then they played well, I think, against Toronto at home. Or well, they were at Toronto, wasn't it? Yeah, it was in Toronto. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
so the, I, I do also feel that, that the penguins they are slightly arrogant they don't they don't make enough effort against teams they think they're better than mm. and they often lose they lost to Chicago who were bottom of the league I remember that yeah that was excellent um <laughs> Are they the, they lose to Ottawa? I think that's what it was. If we had yeah. we Toronto had a similar thing recently, where you know after the bye week and all of that, we played a back to back against a back to back at home. Or no, no, it was in Detroit the first game, and then the second one was against Pittsburgh. And mm. you look at that and you go, all right, well, we'll beat Detroit because they're not very good, and we are. And then we'll play Pittsburgh and then who knows with that one because depends what Pittsburgh team turn up. Yeah. That could go either way. And of course, mm-hmm. we lose to Detroit and we beat Pittsburgh. Is there, and, and this happened earlier on in the season where we went down south and we played Tampa and Florida in back-to-back nights. We beat Tampa and then lost to Florida. Do you think <laughs> there is something, cue mass hysteria, by the way, by every Leafs fan there, but do you think there is something about those teams who are playoff hardened teams like the Pittsburgh Penguins who struggle to get up for games against the likes of this year's Florida Panthers or this year's LA Kings. I do think so. Um, you could you can see it almost. They, they just don't have the drive sometimes. They don't play full 60 minutes or even 20 minutes sometimes. You just see them skating around the ice, not back-checking properly, and it's like, oh. And then... Like, like little Carolina going and get a goal, and they're like, "Oh, what happened? Well, you didn't defend properly." <laughs> and my backup question, or my follow-up question to that is, does it even matter? Because ultimately, if you make it into the playoffs, you are not going to be playing those teams. That's true. That is true. That's what I told myself do... anyway after no, the Florida they're... Tampa debacle. <laughs> Fingers crossed. I would say so. Um, I. I hope Jake Gensel of the playoffs turns up again in the mm. playoffs because he is a machine, a goal-scoring machine. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah. Yeah. Well, we're getting to that fun time of the NHL season where the playoffs are on the horizon now. There are certain teams who are going to be feeling pretty confident going into the next couple of weeks, thinking we're going to prepare for it. And there are other teams, i.e. the whole of the Western Conference, who are going to be desperately fighting out to try and get into the playoffs this year. Um, thank you ever so much both now Georgie we ask all our guests every single time that they come on the podcast and it gets easier and easier this question bear in mind we asked Stephen this on week one before a puck had even been (laughs) dropped on the ice but it gets easier and easier this question we ask you to pick your Stanley Cup final so one team from the the easy Mm. east as Stephen would call it and uh, (laughs) one team from the troublesome west who do you think is going to make this year's Stanley Cup final? Every time I ask this, Stephen, I always feel sorry for you because I think, God, we did ask you this back in October. Yeah, it was who like did, in pre-season. Who did, you, who did you say just quickly while Georgie's thinking? You remember? Had, it, it was Tampa Bay and Nashville, I think. I think you did, yeah, which, by yeah. the way, is not... It, that's not a bad shout. That's not a bad shout. Yeah. I, would, I would like to see um, Calgary. Yeah. And... Um, Toronto. Yeah. That's what I'd like to see, but I reckon it's more likely going to be Tampa and um, 
Mm, I want to say Winnipeg, but they've been playing a bit spotty recently. Mm. Um, Tampa and Nashville, yeah, probably. God, you've got two very different Stanley Cup finals there, haven't you? Um, mm. Stephen, would you what like to update your choice or would you like to uh, stick with the same? No, I mean, I think Tampa for me is a, is a team out um, in the Eastern Conference. And as I said, if I said to you, like going to show, if you ask me to put my neck on the line, I'll, I'll say Nashville. But I think any person that says a Canadian team right now, when was the last time a Canadian team even made it to the Stanley Cup finals? <laughs> You've got to go back so a long, long time. So long. Let alone winning the cup, but yeah. actually making the cup finals. Is I just Vancouver. I think it was, yeah, it was Vancouver, wasn't last. it? Yeah, That's yeah. hilarious. <laughs> we were chatting about that on the the Slack group earlier, and just saying about how um, how amazing it would be, or some of us. Oh, actually, no. It was the question was, does it really matter whether a Canadian team or whether we had two Canadian teams in the Stanley Cup final? And I just think the buzz around the whole of the mm. NHL. I mean, bear in mind, I appreciate both of you support American teams, so don't give a monkeys about this. But I just think that there would be a real buzz around the NHL if you did have a Calgary-Toronto matchup or a, you know, the, the matchups I'm looking at in those um, early rounds would be Calgary-Edmonton or Toronto-Montreal. I'd just love to get those. But then I appreciate that I'm a Canadian oh. hockey fan, so that's I would <laughs> yeah. want those things. But right. I mean, yeah. I... My team's not even going to make the playoffs. So oh, I'm, Steve, yeah, man, you know, come on. I'm really looking forward to June, the draft. Come on. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah. No, honestly, Your Stanley I... Cup happens in the uh, draft, doesn't it, this year? Mm. Imagine <laughs> if Edmonton got Hughes. Wouldn't that be wonderful? No, no. Oh, I'm no, they've already <laughs> wasted one career in Connor McDavid. Don't let them waste another. <laughs> Oh, and yeah. <laughs> oh, Nugent Hopkins, Taylor Hall, yeah. Oh, <laughs> me, imagine. Yeah. Ah, oh, that is going to be fascinating as well. Ah, oh, yeah. so much good stuff to look forward to. And um, thank you very much, guys, uh, for doing it. Georgie, thank you very much for coming on the podcast and speaking to us from sunny Norwich. I hope uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins have a really good season, a really good run, unless they come up against Toronto in the playoffs. And then, of course, I hope you lose. But uh, thank you very much for coming on and uh, sharing kind of your your story of how you got into hockey Mm. and uh, all about the Pittsburgh Penguins. Thank you for having me. And Stephen, um, we will do this again next week. Claire is taking an, another week off. Um, she likes to remind me it's not a week off, it's a, a week to do other work. So uh, it's not like yeah, she's just... Yeah, I mean, I shall, I shall look forward to seeing if she's upgraded the um, the, the toilet roll to yeah. the, uh, an actual lightsaber. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Next, next week. Have they gone out to Toys R Us and bought lightsabers? That's what we all <laughs> want to know. Um, what's your week looking like as a Colorado Avalanche, Stephen? Are we going to be what? speaking to you in good spirits next week? Well, in actual fact, although I mentioned on the um, on the start of the podcast that there isn't a early games, but next weekend we play um, an early game at the Islanders and an early game in Boston as well on a Saturday and Sunday. So oh, that'll be wow. um, that'll well, be really good. So I yeah, yeah I know mm-hmm. I can I can avoid the the late night games for a while. But yeah, we we start at home to Columbus. Um, just before the uh, the podcast comes out, and then we go on a, a road trip of Washington, the Islanders, and Boston. So that's three losses, and then we then play <laughs> home to Toronto next Wednesday. Oh yes, so you lose yep. there as well. Oh, thank you, thank you, Georgie. Thank you. <laughs> no, it's at home. It's in Colorado. That will be a home win. Fellow fellow Eastern Conference, there. I like how we're now grouping together on the Western Conference, boy. This is excellent. Oh. Um, well, our week um, as a as a Maple Leafs fan, we're we're playing Anaheim tonight as we record this podcast, um, which is going to be. Uh, I'm assuming we're going to lose that because we will. 
because Anaheim have just lost 9-3 to Winnipeg and we've just beaten uh, Pittsburgh. So we'll have to lose that one. And then we'll play Ottawa on Wednesday and Montreal at the weekend and New York Rangers as well. And then Colorado on, well, early hours of Wednesday morning. We're going to have to have a look, yeah. Stephen, about uh, when we record the podcast next week because we should really do it after that. That's a busy uh, yeah, week. We should, yeah, we should do it after that because, well, see, you didn't invite me on last time Colorado <laughs> won against Toronto you no, you deliberately yes. didn't invite was, me on I was annoyed that was in Toronto it was and it was one of the worst games that Toronto have played and that is something this year because I tell you what we can play some bad hockey anyway yeah. I don't want to end this in my dark place because I'm probably going to have to deal with that tomorrow when I watch the Anaheim game uh, thank you very much, Stephen. Uh, Stephen will be back next Pleasure. week with myself. We are uh, the NHL Fans from Afar podcast. It would be great if you could just click subscribe to this if you've enjoyed listening. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts from. And if you fancy going a little bit further and joining in with our Slack group, it's basically just uh, it's just kind of like a group chat of all things going on in the NHL. Drop us an email at nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com. And also, if you're an NHL fan from afar and you fancy coming on the pod exactly like Georgie has done this week and telling us about your team and why you're into hockey, then do drop us an email up there. We're also on Twitter at NHL fans from afar as well. Myself and Stephen will see you next week and good luck to whatever, whatever team you support this week in the NHL. Hold up. 